I'm finna put all this in my book bag because I'm from the streets. Yeah, yeah. Boom, what's going on? It's your boy Ambition and welcome to another episode of the MYFB podcast. And today with me, I have a business coach and strategist that has internationally seen the corporate scene. Uh, it has done everything that you can consider within the manager suite. Uh, and uh, this is in two different countries. So she's uh, operated within companies in Poland, as well as in companies in Toronto, Canada, which she now calls home. Today with me, I have Miss Maggie Periton. How you doing, Maggie? I'm very good ambition. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I'm glad to have you with me here today. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm really grateful. All right. So tell us a little bit more about what do you do? How do you help your clients? How do I help my clients? <clears throat> I focus on service-based entrepreneurs, and that might be because of my background in corporate, where I worked for a service-based big business, and I help them grow their business. But I like I like to say in a holistic way because I've noticed even throughout my you know corporate career, and as I coached people, that it's not just enough to have a strategy or sort of hard skills that tell you kind of what to do, but there is also mindset that goes with it and implementation itself that sometimes that's the hardest part, right? So the way I work with my clients, I help them, of course, with the business strategy and figure out how they're sending out and how to talk to their best clients so they sort of are attracted to them and buy, but also how to make decisions in their business from like the highest level CEO they can be and mm. not make them out of fear or, you know, not believe that they can be successful and how to implement it consistently in a way that's sustainable, that doesn't make them busy all the time and overwhelmed and never, you know, always running and so on, because I believe you can run a thriving business, but at the same time, have that harmony between the professional life and personal life. Wow. That's um, funny enough that that ties into a conversation I was having even uh, before we hopped on mm -hmm. where, um, you know, that seems to be the desire that a lot of people have um, where we do want to balance between our professional yeah. life and our personal life. Yeah. We, we want to be able to give time to both, um, yeah. you know, and I, I heard something that that sounded like really what you're helping people develop is systems and processes um, along the journey that really help them be efficient. Mm -hmm. uh, what are some examples of systems and processes that you can help clients uh, develop mm -hmm. that would help them gain more balance in their personal and professional life? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I do help them in business, but also in the way they operate as CEOs. So, for example, systems and processes in business, it could be, you know, the way they market their business, right? And maybe systemizing that and so on, but also client or onboarding, the service delivery, because, you know, in the beginning, when we're starting and we have a couple of clients or a few clients, everything can be in your head and then that's fine, right? <laughs> maybe. But the moment you start scaling and you're thinking about maybe hiring, you know, somebody to help or outsourcing things, you cannot do this without having system and processes figured out because that allows you to train people and also keep the quality of your service, right? right. Um, and even as you hire people maybe to even do the service, right? Depend on your business, you might have differences between one person and another if you don't have systems and processes. And that's important for your brand, right? Like you want the quality of service to be the same no matter who delivers it or where in the world it is or whatever. So that's one. But then there is a second part of... I call it more routines and habits that mm. in your day to day as a CEO, you can also develop some simple good habits that allow you to operate very effectively without the overall and hustle, right? And that could be the way you plan your days, the way you schedule some creative time or like operational time, the way you run your team and all that. So, you know, also internal kind of processes on team motivation development and things like that. Wow, I can that, help my clients with. I, I really love the approach there. Okay, so then I do have a question that branches directly off of that answer. And it's, okay, so 
let's say I'm one of your clients. Mm -hmm. Um, it sounds like there's really two ways that, you know, your clients may start their days. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. and I'm assuming that, you know, option number one is you have a client that wakes up every morning and they literally plan out the day. They look at the landscape and figure out what Mm -hmm. they do. Um, but then, you know, I also know that there's plenty of people who, you know, come from a corporate background like yourself or myself, where we run by a daily checklist. So do you recommend uh, your clients have one uh, way of approaching their day versus another or more so a hybrid of plan out your day, but make sure you have your checklist? So I actually recommend weekly planning. <laughs> That's something I've nice. learned because, um, you know, we chatted a little bit like I actually burned out in my corporate world and I was planning. I was one of those people that, yeah, planned their day ahead of time a little bit and like had a checklist or some sort of combination. But at some point that wasn't effective at all. And when I burned out, I started looking for some high performance coaching and other techniques to help me. And when I actually implemented planning a week ahead and not coming into the week, not knowing what I was doing, Mm. that made such a huge difference in the way I felt in the level, in the stress reduction, and even in my effectiveness that as I sort of mastered that process and implemented it to me, I now show my clients how to do it. Now, not everybody's ready for it, right? So when I sometimes start with my clients is know ahead of the time going into the day what you're doing, just because there's a lot of time and energy and effort you're losing by trying to decide every you know hour or two hours what you're going to do. And that's lost time. And by the time you decide something happens and then your brain goes to like the easiest thing <laughs> that you can do and not necessarily what you need to do. Um, but ideally, I would say plan a week ahead. And the way you plan it, you want to make sure that your actions are aligned with the goals that you have. Right. So, you know, if you have a list that you pick from, but then make sure that on that list are really actions that are aligned with your goals and not just kind of a random compilation of things you need to, you think you need to do, or you kind of want to do, but they have nothing to do with your goals, where you're going. Wow. No, I I definitely um, agree with that. It sounds like um, you, you want them to structure themselves more around the principles of roadmaps and understanding the direction that they're going in. So that makes a whole lot of sense. And I can't tell you how many times I work with people and I wish they did have that sort of direction. So a hundred percent agree. And you mentioned burnout, right? And for those of our our listeners who uh, work in corporate America, or maybe you aren't in corporate America, uh, many fields and industries within corporate America are now uh, experiencing something we call burnout, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So for our listeners, what is burnout? And, you know, what, what was the source of your burnout? Mm-hmm. So burnout, it definitely can have different sources and I will share mine. But what it is, is really you a feeling exhausted at the end of your day. And, you know, my probably didn't end up in like a horrible way. Like I definitely didn't need medical help and so on, but like in that more extreme way and can lead to that, right? When you feel exhausted, when you don't have energy, uh, you're also not patient, like it transfers into your personal life and you don't feel like you don't have passion anymore for what you're doing or don't feel even any reward, right? Like it's, it just becomes meaningless, stressful and tiresome. And that kind of like never ends. And for me, the, the reasons for my burnt out was it was a situational, I would say, so it wasn't systemic, something that lasted for, you know, all the time or since I started, it was, I was in one of the positions where at that time company committed to some huge contracts that they took on without really being ready to deliver the service. Mm. And also in order to win those contracts, they 
agreed to low margin, that means we need to cut corners somewhere. Okay, so here you go. You have three months. You need to deliver three big multi-million dollars contract, and we're not giving you any help because we have no money in the budget, right? And Stressful. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. Just like this. Right. right. So, so I, I found myself, and it wasn't just me, but, you know, of course, I would just talk about me. I found myself in where you're showing up to work. You want to do the best you can, right? You know you're effective. You know you can handle a lot. And yet there's no light in the tunnel, right? You're just right. set up to fail. You're working, working, working. Nothing is working out client is not happy. You're losing weekends, losing sleep, losing the time with your family. And on top of it, you're getting beaten up for it, right? Because whatever you deliver is not good not enough. enough. Yeah. Yeah. And that was very demotivating to me. Like I felt like I was cornered and I'm a Sagittarius. I like to be free. And that kind of freaked me out at some point. And I said, I can't do this. Like, you know, uh I will be very honest and say, um, you know, while I, 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 I take responsibility for my burnout and I, it's sounding to me like you're somebody mm -hmm. who takes responsibility yeah. as oh, well. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I, I believe that, you know, those are things that we do because we understand that there's power in taking responsibility. Yeah. If I take responsibility, then there's something I can change and I can become yeah. better. Agreed. Um, however, I don't, I also take it. Uh, take into consideration that within a lot of the stories that I hear about burnout and, you know, mine included, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, it's sounding like this may also be the story for you. Um, there's always a lack of resources, right? There's always a, you've got to make a miracle happen. And you're sitting there like, I did not sign up for this Jesus walk on water moment. Like I, I didn't, <laughs> I wasn't expecting I that. that. <laughs> um, but the high performer in you wants to show up anyway. And mm -hmm. it starts being, for me, it was tragic when I, I'm showing up, I'm looking at the screen and uh, I'm a cybersecurity analyst, right? Mm -hmm. A cybersecurity professional. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at the screen, the numbers are showing up, but they're popping off the screen and then blurring together. Mm -hmm. And I, I had a moment, I mm -hmm. cried. I was like, no, this is not okay. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. It, it really is, if you're listening and you've experienced burnout or you're new to entrepreneurship and you're going, 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 listen, you're still a high performer if you take some breaks. You're still a yeah. high performer if you take some rest. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. take a break and really yeah. figure out where the light at the end of the tunnel is because yeah. burnout is serious. It's a, mm -hmm. and it's, look, it's no fucking joke. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. And you know what, like from there, I started talking about high performance and not in the sense that sometimes we understand that it's just work, 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 work. And I produce a lot of output, but more about high performance. Like, yes, you do produce a lot of output because you have, you're highly effective with your time, but you also make sure that you're performing at your highest level. And that includes rest for your brain, rest for your body, right? Because truly you, your mind is, unable to create great solutions when it's exhausted and tired and malnourished and so on. Right. And, and that's, and I agree with you. Like I totally, you know, took responsibility for it where I said like, okay, I have to do something on my end. And that's right. where that led me to me taking some high performance coaching that made me realize, yeah, like setting boundaries, getting sleep, getting rest, that's all part of high performance, not just work, work, work. And, and then, you know, ultimately leading me to starting my business, right. Just to, right. uh, to take responsibility and create sort of the environment that I wanted to be in and not necessarily putting myself out there again, for potential similar situations on the line. So. Okay, so this next question is going to be a two-parter, right? So okay. it's who would you recommend uh, get this coaching? You've mentioned two types of coaching. You yourself are, uh, you're a business coach and a mm -hmm. business strategist. So wanna, who would you recommend to 
go see a business coach and mm -hmm. who would you recommend to go see a high performance coach? Okay. I would say both, <laughs> but, but for the business coach, you know, if you're a business owner, right. And you, um, really for me, if you're a business owner who is looking to grow a professional business that you want good income coming out of it, right? Where you don't have to have side hustles, hides jobs and so on. And you really want it to scale beyond six, seven, whatever figures, you need to become a professional business owner, a CEO who knows who has business skill, because, you know, we see a lot of entrepreneurs who are great at delivering a service or delivering the product that they offer, but then that's not what grows the business. That's what services your clients. What grows the business is your business skill, right? So that's, I would say, if you don't want your business to be just a hobby or sort of like just to make five figures type of business, mm -hmm. then you need to gain some business skills. And I think through coaching, it's the fastest way to do it and to learn the skills that you really need and not, mm -hmm. you know, we go to school and sometimes, you know, I did an executive MBA, right. But, but that was something I wanted to do and so on, but there's always, it's cool. There's always some programs that you kind of learn it, but you will never use it. Right. right. It's just kind of, it's part of curriculum. Whereas through business coaching, you learn what you need, you go and implement it. You master that you learn more you go and implement it and so on. High performance is if you a if you're starting to burn out and you feel like you're busy all the time and you and you complain that you don't have time for things that are important to you whether it's in your business or in your life that's definitely the first but if you want to be even more proactive about it and just utilize your time in the most effective way you can mm -hmm. and also create space for self-care and other things important for you that you know you might want it. and whether you're in a corporate world or whether you're in in uh, an entrepreneur the high performance coaching will definitely help you wow no i i definitely um i definitely agree uh i've met very few entrepreneurs ceos or c levels that are not high performers um and in fact, every CEO that I've worked for directly um, showed up like a high performer. If they if they weren't a high performer, they were very good at acting like one, right? <laughs> um, it it's I I think it's just kind of the name of the game, right? Like they, mm -hmm. a lot of people don't even want to show up with the title CEO if they don't think that they're a high performer personally. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, no, I, I definitely agree with you there. Uh, what what would you say was the the epiphany point of your business? What was the epiphany point? Uh, meaning, when did it happen? Right? When did you mm -hmm. have this epiphany that really changed the way that you saw your business? And then, what was the epiphany? So when I started my business, I started it on the side just to and at first it was to do more of what i love right so the first thought was i just need to spend more time to coach people something that fuels me up and not drains me and the thing was like with my corporate world the more up the ladder i went the less time i had to actually focus on my people and coach them and mm. so on i did that i created that time regardless but there was more and more push to do other things right so, so that was the first, but then I realized the more I did that, the more I loved it. And I realized I could actually have a, in a way, career change and do only what I love, you know, while creating time for me and my family. And that was an epiphany at some point down the line. And then it was like, okay, so how do I do it? Right. How do I get to the point where I can leave my cushy career with all sorts of bonuses and so on and still provide for my family you know we 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 are you know i have young kids we're a family a blended family with four kids so you know mortgage all those things you know that right. you got to provide for um and that was that switch going from a hobby right so like i'm having a hobby that just provides me with fulfillment 
towards, no, I'm going to make it a professional business where I'm going to focus on it and, you know, grow it like it's the only, you know, source of my income, like this is the only thing I will do. And that was like a, that was, I guess, a mindset switch for me. And I actually teach it sometimes to my clients in some, in some webinars, like what is the growth that you need to do going from a hobby to a professional CEO, founder of the business who you can scale it and then rely on the income that comes wow. from it. I, I love the uh, the way that you put it, where you say going from a hobby to mm-hmm. a CEO mindset or a professional mm-hmm. mindset. Uh, I know for myself, uh, the way I looked at it was going from employee to owner. Yeah. And yeah. I, I realized it while I was still working in corporate America. I was thinking, man, in order to satisfy what the mission is for this company, I will wake up at five o'clock in the morning, go mm-hmm. to the gym. Mm-hmm. get to my desk uh, early, right? Be sharp, mm-hmm. right? Mentally mm-hmm. on point. I'd make sure that the next eight or nine hours were spent furthering the mission of this company. And I was mm-hmm. doing that diligently. And I said, what if I could do that for myself? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And pe- I don't think people really realize it's really the hardest thing is to do it for yourself. Yeah. Right? Even yeah. if you picked a yeah. Saturday or if you took PTO. Yeah. Right. As soon as the yeah. job isn't there, the first thing you go is let me just go get some rest. Let me go. So yeah. it's figuring out what's your mission, what's your uh, mission statement, your purpose, yeah. and having yeah. that be so powerful that on motivated. your time off, yeah. you work like it's the time on for that business. Yeah. And yeah that that was the the shift for me and I, i'm glad that you have something similar for your people that it, it you need it it's needed yes, yes. and it, you know i always say like a i think everybody should start a business that because it it requires so much of personal growth that even if you're an ambitious person and you grow within corporate world it's nothing to what it running a business requires from you. Yes. You have no cushions, no protection. Because sometimes, you know, we kind of slow down because in a corporate world, like at least in the company that I worked for, there was always like, oh, you are in a position. Now you need to stay there a year before we even consider you for promotion and so on. So sometimes that naturally kind of dumps down your the way you want to grow because you know, like, okay, well, you know, even subconsciously, even if you're not thinking about it. Whereas in your business, you have that unlimited potential, but it requires, there's also a lot of emotional up and down the roller oh coaster. God, yes. And you don't realize that until you start a business. So that's one. But second, I would say, yeah, don't start a business just for money because of that, like the motivation it takes and the hard work that needs to be put in in order to build that momentum money is never going to motivate you to that extent, right? You have to be passionate about what you do and have a vision to. There are easier ways to make money. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) There are easier ways where you don't have to be honest with yourself every day where, and that, that part right there is something that I'm glad that you said it because I I feel like a lot of people take it for granted. Um, You, you really do have a lot of moments where you're going to bring yourself to tears because there's going to be moments in your business where you have to question whether or not you made a decision based off of your ego or based Mm -hmm. off of your purpose. Right. Mm -hmm. And if it was based off of your ego, it's going to show up in the world and it's not going to work. And you're going to be like, it's, it's the most frustrating thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the real, the real lessons that come along with, you know, some of that personal development. And you you know, when you hear an entrepreneur and you hear somebody speaking from experience, because I only hear real business owners tell you guys, hey, this isn't easy. This is really yeah. hard. It's emotionally draining. It's mm-hmm. you're going to be on a roller coaster. The guys that are telling you that it's going to be all fun, rainbows and daisies, it's they aren't running real <laughs> businesses. I don't know what they're doing, but it's not business. 
<laughs> I agree. And you know what? Like it always reminds me of it, like having kids. You have kids, I have kids, you know. Yes. <laughs> that sometimes the world presents parenthood in that idealized way. And don't get me wrong, having kids is the most fulfilling, one of the most fulfilling thing you can ever do. But it's damn hard. Yeah. <laughs> right? It it's not easy. It sucks. I think people always <laughs> say how amazing it is, but Look, it's amazing because of the sentiment we put behind it, but the natural actions, like nobody enjoys cleaning up people's poo. Nobody wants to do that, <laughs> right? So let's stop pretending like it's the most amazing thing in the world, right? It's amazing that you created a, a creature that poos. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I'm gonna really enjoy it when it learns to clean its own, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. I, yeah. I, it, yeah. we just gotta be honest with, with uh ourselves about these things and but you're right you're right it it, it is similar mm -hmm. to parenthood because you're, you're constantly also questioning when you're in business am i doing something that is helpful to the mm -hmm. community that i'm coming mm -hmm. into contact with mm -hmm. and um am i falling in line with some sort of ethical standard so that that's my next question for you how do you bring that up to your clients as far as any sort of ethics or um any sense of code right uh so for me you know first of all for me just to enter the business you have to be ethical like for me that's like the you know entry level don't go into business if you're not ethical but if you want to take it hard step further i actually you know i follow like a format with my clients and it's a three-step of course it's much more uh, complex when we dive in and start working, but like high level, it's a very simple three-step format. I call it diamond effect. And the first step of it is really building foundation of the business based on who you are, your values, what's important to you, mm. developing that mission, vision, and values that guide you down the line to say yes to the right opportunities and no to the opportunities that are not right, that might be very shiny, right? And very attractive, but it's not either it doesn't align with your values or not down the line, what you want to do. So that's one. And then the second part of it, and I call it lead with value, and it's establishing your customer journey from before they get to know you, right? So in your marketing and sales, and as they're getting to know you, becoming your clients and after, really based on value, because I truly believe that that's that, right? In business, especially in entrepreneurship, you don't get paid for the amount of time you work. It's not a nine to five. I'm going oh. in doing whatever I get paid. You actually get paid for the value you deliver to the market, to your customers, right? Yes. And when you lead with that mindset, when you're actually strategic about your marketing sales, the way you work with your clients, but with that value at the front end, and it creates that high standard for you, but also ultimately you create a business where your clients just love you. Right. And, and for it's truly a win-win situation then, and then, you know, you get to have referrals and marketing kind of word of mouth marketing that helps you along the line, but it just creates like, I want to work with entrepreneurs and people who are passionate about what they do and they truly want to do good in this world, right? So the way I teach them kind of reflects that. Right? I love that. I really do. Um, I have a question, right? Mm -hmm. Because I think there's a, uh, there's a certain group of us entrepreneurs that needs to realize when, um, when we're making it all about ourselves, Mm -hmm. before we go and sit down on these discovery calls with coaches like yourself or myself. And, um, you know, because the thing that you're not going to want to hear is that, you know, you're kind of making this all about you. So what would you recommend to a, let's say, new entrepreneur, or even more seasoned entrepreneur? How would you recommend that they realize that they are off purpose for the business and now they're just kind of focusing on what they want and it's becoming the all about me show i i truly think that when you really do that it's all about me and so on 
I don't think you attract a lot of people this way because then your marketing and sales are very like attachy and graspy and salesy. And I feel like Mm. people get to feel it. And maybe, you know, if you're more advanced, you have systems that still bring you clients, but either you have a lot of client remorse before not, not, you know, maybe not buying, you don't get testimonials or they're even like, you know, changing their mind very quickly Mm. and say, oh, I want, I don't want to work with you or whatever. Um, And then because of that, right? Because it just comes, okay, it's me, 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 as opposed to how can I serve you, right? How can I help you get the goals that you want or overcome the challenges? And of course, I want to be paid fairly. It's not about, you know, not being paid fairly. But when you focus that, I think you attract also your best clients. So when you're Mm. more me, 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 you might attract people who are kind of like you and you might not enjoy their interaction, right? As opposed to when you focus on your best clients and you start thinking about, okay, how can I communicate with them? How can I help them? You attract them. They're super happy to work with you, right? And then you end up, I think, like I really believe that you actually have more results this way and definitely have better clients, clients who stay, clients to recommend and so on. So look at your results, I would say, first. Like, is that really what what you're planning? No, I I love your response. I feel like, you know, guys, Maggie just told you guys very nicely what I'm going to tell you guys very rudely. (laughs) And you don't have any sales because you're making it all about you. Right. That that's a a large amount of us. And the, the quickest that you, the fastest or the faster that you learn to just kind of break that mirror and see through the mirror and see what's beyond the mirror, see the world beyond the mirror. Uh, the faster you'll actually start bringing in sales and you could actually make it about you like on a yacht somewhere instead of just about you in your room trying to get sales. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what is the, what, what you mentioned that within business, there's a whole lot of personal development. I've been telling yeah. people this for years, right? I've, I've been quoted as saying business is the best personal development tool oh, yeah. that I've Agreed. ever came across. Um, what's one trait that you would recommend that every entrepreneur really develop, whether it's a person yeah, one personality trait or characteristic that you recommend that each entrepreneur develop? I would say, It's about, so I would say if we just were to pick one, I would say like the humble confidence. And Mm -hmm. what I mean by that is like being confident in yourself that you really have what it takes to create the results that that you want, right? That you do have what it takes to create the business that you want. And having that confidence that you'll figure it out. So no matter what happens down the line, you have the capability of figuring it out. So that's one. So right. that's that's sort of, but also I said humble because you also need to realize where you need to grow, where you mm. need to invest in yourself in order to overcome those challenges, right? Because there's a balance of, yeah, I can do it. I don't need any help. And no matter what, I'll do it. And then have that hard awakening that maybe you're missing some skills and maybe, you know, you can't do it just by, you know, with the current level of skill and knowledge, right? So having that humility to know, no, because, you know, I believe that, your current mind mm-hmm. created the results you have, right? Mm. And because if it could create bigger results, you already would have. You already would be thinking at the level that would have created a higher result. So that means that you need to up-level yourself first, right? Your mindset, your skills, and so on in order for your business to follow. Your business cannot outgrow your mind, right? Like it's just not possible. So, so that's what I would say. Humble humility, believe in yourself that you're capable of truly creating whatever your mind conceives. And at the same time, know where you need to grow in order to get there. I love it. Love it. I love the balance within the humble confidence as well. 
right? Mm -hmm. Because everything is about balance. And I think that mm -hmm. uh, if we aren't focusing on being balanced, that's when we start finding ourselves in problems. So love yeah. the fact that you, you presented a very balanced uh, response to that. Uh, what would you say was your greatest challenge in business and how did you overcome that challenge? My greatest challenge was, I think, confidence. And it's more of not believing in myself rather than thinking I can do it all. <laughs> and in, um, I don't know, it comes a maybe because I'm a woman, maybe because I think as women, we, we have more of that, oh, we need to be ready 100%. And if I'm not ready 100%, I can't do it and so on. Um, also, uh, some of it is probably my background and being an immigrant and so on, but like just growing myself to the point to figure out that, yeah, I can figure it out. Of course, I need to grow and I need to invest in myself, but just looking at my life, you know, and my story and realizing that every time I went through, I made some difficult decisions or life was hard, I just figured it out. You know, mm. like, and, and remembering that, that running a business is not that much different. Yes, there will be challenges along the way, but if you're really committed, if you really want to, I have that ability of figuring out. And yes, I need to learn and so on. So I think that was, that was the hardest and I still is still a work in progress. <laughs> I don't think, you know, I think we get to a certain level and then we start thinking about a higher level and that, that lack of confidence creeps in again. Well, but you've never done that before, right? Mm. So who do you think you are? You can done this before. So you need to, yes, it's a different level of confidence, but you still need to grow that. So once you're past that, then again, you can pretty much, I truly believe as human beings, we can learn anything we want if we commit to it and we believe that we can. Uh, no, I, I definitely agree with that. I think I'm on the other end of the spectrum, right? Where confidence was never really my issue. Mm -hmm. It's, mm -hmm. um, I will run out and jump into situations that I am 150,000% not ready for, <laughs> <laughs> right? Get the experience and then sit back to go and say, okay, well, here's the plan on how I'm not going to do that again, right? <laughs> like, but it's i'm not recommending that that's how people do it right like by no means am i saying go out and jump in to every situation and figure it out while you're there right that that works for me a good percentage of the time but there's situations where it doesn't work out and when it doesn't work out it really really doesn't work out <laughs> right but what i've learned is uh it, it has actually taught me to be a little bit more humble, right? Because mm -hmm. I don't tell myself no. I say, let the world tell me no, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's looking at the landscape and, you know, one of the things that I realized that I needed to be humble about and I always need mm -hmm. to pay attention to is pay attention to the people within the industry that I'm going to be jumping into. Mm -hmm. or pay attention to the people within the group that I'm going to go Mm -hmm. uh, speak to, or that I'm participating in, mm -hmm. you know, if I say I want to be the best rapper alive, you know, it may, it may benefit me to pay attention to know who the best rapper is and yeah. how he may feel about that <laughs> before I go running my mouth. And that's, that's some of the things that I've learned. Right. I think, um, one of the most arrogant things I've ever done, and it's embarrassing to think about it now is I sent an uh, email to the best motivational speaker at the time. And mm. I wasn't even outside. I wasn't getting prof paid professionally to do speeches at all. Mm. And I said, uh, I'm gonna be better than you by the age of 26. And it was like, <laughs> <laughs> like That's bold, so, I have to say. <laughs> right, like, so I'm that guy. And I'm saying mm. like, okay, I get it. Logically writing those checks, uh, forces you to just kind of jump out there and to mm -hmm. really mm -hmm. try to make it work. But uh, be strategic about how you do that if you were like myself, yeah. right? You know, like it's, hey, we're not perfect, none of us, right? And I think that we all, like as we go, we just 
encounter challenges that make us grow, right? So in your case, it might be okay. I'm I'm very bold and I I I don't care. I think I can do it. And then unless the world tells me no, and then that teaches me humility. Right. On my end, it's more you cannot wait till you're 100% ready because that's not how business works. You have to mm. go out there and be bold and deal with failure or be ready, right, to do it and then grow yourself. So from my end, like the growth is just be bold, right? Mm. Be be bolder and and don't wait. And it's okay to fail and it's okay to to not have the results every single time you want because you learn this way. There's a big growth. And if you do evaluate, right, if you don't do like the definition of insanity, I do the same thing over and over, expecting a different result, you can actually compound that growth just by mm. developing the skill and then learning from the experience. And there's, there's truly no other way, right? You can just read the books and become a master of a skill. No, you not can at all. have the theory all you want, but then there's a theory and there's a life, you know, putting it into practice in life. Like even, you know, I'm, you're probably interested in sports. Like if you think about sports team or any sports athlete professional, they have a strategy before they go out there in the court right. and then they put it out there. And sometimes it works great, better than they expected. And sometimes it doesn't. And it's not like they're not skilled and so on, but it's just putting stuff out there in reality. What works. Yeah. But what do they do after? They watch the games, they watch the competitions, they mm-hmm. learn, right? And that's how they grow on top of just practicing their skill and, you know, outside of the competition. So no, definitely agree with that. I, I think, um, you know, if you are going to find yourself in any arena where people are already successful in that arena, you know, maybe don't copy them, but definitely yeah. pay attention to what yeah. they're doing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Pay attention yeah. to some of the strategies that they're using because it's not all bad. Right. Yeah. If there is any bad, it's not all bad. And if they, you know, if there is something good, you want to pay attention to what they're mm-hmm. doing right, right? No need to yeah. reinvent the wheel there. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm and, with you. Yeah, and I agree with you. It's not about copying because copying just makes you a second version of them or like a fourth version of them right. or whatever. You want to stand out. You want to be who you are because that's, you know, how your people will get attracted to you. But as you say, no point of reinventing the wheel, just being strategic about what you're going to use and why you're using it and so on. All right. So now at this point in the podcast episode, we normally step into story for a story. So Maggie, you're going to share a story with me. It could be a wild, crazy story. It could be about business. It could be about personal. It could be about whatever you want to make it about. Uh, But I'm going to match your level and I'm going to share a story back with you. Okay. Oh, wow. So give me some tips like I could share many stories. Um, so <laughs> we've had all types of stories. I've had um, the my go to example is I had a guy talk about how he snuck back into the US from Mexico through tunnels. Um, I've had uh-huh. um, driving around in a foreign country naked in a car stories. Oh, wow. We've had um, all types of stories. Types <laughs> you name stories. it, we've had it, yeah. Oh, my God. Um, you know, I would just share a quick, like, story, maybe. Oh, okay, you know what? I'm going to actually share something from Communist Regime, because not that you probably didn't have a guest who uh, who lived in the under Communist regimes. <laughs> no, I have not. There you go. All right, so here's one story. Or a couple of stories with similar things. So, yes, I'm probably the last generation that actually remembers a little bit. I was 11 when communist regime collapsed in Poland. And so I still remember times where there was not much in their stores, like not to mention stores outside of grocery stores, but even in grocery stores, like there wasn't much going on there. And families were given like a coupons for meat every month so it was rationed you only had certain amount of meat per month per family member and it's and you weren't even guaranteed that meat because it depended on where you lived in the store Mm. so some of the stories are that a 
if there was a delivery, people would like line up like for concerts, you know, at 6 a.m. in the morning, waiting to hopefully get in the line to the point that when the store opened, you got something out of it. Mm. Or me pretending to be a child of my neighbor because for example coffee was also a very luxurious goods and they would only give you like one small pack per family member so then as kids we would pretend to be children of our of you know our neighbors so they can get more coffee <laughs> so it's they have enough to the next round and so on so here are some funny stories they weren't, they weren't so funny probably from our parents, but you know, as a child, you take it differently and you're kind of like. Yeah, no, you figure out how to make it. <laughs> Just like, figure I, out. You become are... very resourceful when you're not, you know, when you're, things are missing. <laughs> the first thing. No, I, I love it. I love it. Okay. So, okay. Similarly, I, I will tell you a resourceful story and, um, this one is actually pretty funny. I think you'll you'll get a kick out of this one, right? So, uh, so I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, right? Um, actually, I grew up on the street name was Hancock. So Hancock between Bedford and Nostrand. And everybody on the block knew me. They knew my mom, right? They knew my brother. Uh, but, you know, this is still Brooklyn, New York, Bed-Stuy in the 90s, right? So... <laughs> right over on the next street which was jefferson there was always gunshots right mm -hmm. that sort of mm -hmm. thing so you know just imagine that type of neighborhood right mm -hmm. maybe there was a break-in on the block this day maybe there mm -hmm. wasn't but people are constantly watching and everybody knows who's who it's that type of neighborhood right well i famously lost my keys a lot right mm -hmm. The benefit to that was, you know, really no benefit, but the good part was I didn't live too far from the school. Mm -hmm. So I would be, I would run back to the school to see if I left it at school. Right. I would run back home. Uh, but this day I did not find my keys. Right. So I said, what the heck? I'm not staying outside until my mom gets home. Right. Mm -hmm. Maybe I left them in the house. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, the only way to figure that out is to get into the house. Mm -hmm. Well, we lived on the second floor and mm -hmm. where my uh, the building was, was there was this steps going down to the entrance. Mm -hmm. Right. And then there was like these little ledges. So this is brownstones. Right. Okay. So I start climbing up on the ledges. I get to my window. Right. And people who know me are walking past and they're going, boy, what are you doing up? There? I, I left my keys in the house. <laughs> Right. So as my mom, like, so I, I've break into my bedroom window. <laughs> Did you break the window or you just no, managed I, to open? <laughs> yeah, I managed to like Jimmy it open and figure out that I could open it from the outside. So I get home and uh, I get inside. My mom comes home and now my mom is talking to me. So it's like, so you decided that you was going to show the entire neighborhood. How to <laughs> how to break into my house number one and number two that your little ass could break into houses that's what you decided you was gonna show i was like i had to get inside i don't but i had all of it i was like but ma you know i don't break into nobody's house and da, 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 da. she was like no don't do that so yeah that was how i was uh very resourceful and i got my, yeah. my keys were inside my keys were they were okay yeah. okay that reminds me of a story but that was i was i think small we lived we lived also in an apartment block mm -hmm. but on like a third or fourth floor and then uh, once i think my mom was in a hospital and my parents are divorced so my grandma was there to take care of us and our door was the way that if you forgot the key at home and you locked it you would lock yourself up so it wasn't like a handle that you could just remember and i mm -hmm. i think i was at a friend and my grandma went to like the basement of the building. We had like a, where well, you could save whatever jams and stuff, you know, like in the basement of the building, you had like a little storage unit. 
um, and we were locked out. So she actually called the fire department, who was then trying to came up with the ladder, like a big scene in the neighborhood, came oh. up with the ladder. And but they had to because our windows were pretty close, but there was like this small window, like very small little window that was open in the in the kitchen. And then they somehow got in to open the door. Yeah, see, that, my, it, that would not have happened on my block. We would have. Grab the smallest kid and we're like, look, man, we're gonna try to show you. <laughs> but, Whatever uh, it takes, right? <laughs> oh no, no, you. But I, I'm, I'm glad that um, you know, as a kid, one of the things that I, I made sure that I kept was I kept that resourcefulness, right? Yeah. And I think yeah. that plays a big role with me being an entrepreneur now. Mm-hmm. And so it's nice to talk to somebody who has similar stories of how <laughs> they had to be resourceful and you know, they're, they're doing the thing as well. I appreciate it. <laughs> okay. So wrapping it up, uh, what's one last thing that you would leave our audience with, right? Um, I would say that, that as I said, you can definitely achieve whatever you want and create the results you want, but it, at the same time to do it, grow yourself. I always say, you know, you are a leader of yourself first before mm. you can lead a business or family or whatever. So, so have that humility in your confidence to know where to grow and grow yourself and you will get to where you want to go. So. And where can our guests, where can our listeners uh, find you? Where can they reach out to you? And where can they get a hold and figure out what's going on with your services if they're looking for a business coach. So the best way is through my website, which is stairwaytoleadership.com. In nice. there, I have a bit about me, about my services. There's like links to my social media if you want to follow me or check out what, what I'm all about and stairwaytoleadership.com. One nice. <laughs> and for the rest of you listening, go be great. <laughs>